All right, welcome to the November edition 2021 of the Texas Rugby Monthly. Uh, I am your new host, Jacob Torres, with the uh, rugby liaison, John Cattell, and the OG, Rick Collins. John, we got like 12 more episodes, counting this one to beat the old record. So <laughs> just 12 more to beat that one. I mean, that that record will will probably not last very long, let's be fair. as much as i love dustin and grant um i can trash them all i want now it's all fair game well and and honestly though uh even though they're not hosting grant helps me a lot with houston uh dustin has helped us out a lot with uh transitioning to this so they're very much still part of the show absolutely Uh, so still appreciative just not hosting (laughs) <laughs> it is what it is. They've moved moved on to better lives, apparently. That's apparently, I'm I mean, so they say. <laughs> There's nothing know. better than being on Texas Rugby Monthly, though. Yeah, once a month, just getting it in. Yeah, and you get to drink. There's no rules about that. It's true. And if we, you know, if we say something too harsh, we just cut it out. <laughs> Nobody has to know. Simple. <laughs> Um, so we have this little game here. I'm gonna do a pin drop this time because I don't have a coin uh, for for you guys. You can see you got the OG on this side and you got John on this side. I'm gonna drop a pin and whatever way it falls, that person can either go first or pick who goes first. So it's oh, that's John OG right there. I don't know. I'm... The top of the pin is more this way. What? Yeah, That's you the drop point it. Of the pin is pointing towards OG. Come on. Now. Okay, so if all right, then oh <laughs> robbed. Robbed by a second drop. <laughs> well, y'all pick who goes first then, damn it. Next uh, I, I can go I'll go first with Austin since I don't have as much. Um, Let's hear it. So I mean in the past month of really they've only had I mean not only the outlaws have been playing a little bit. Um, it's been hard for me to find results, but um, they got their their new coach, Brendan O'Meara, who has been coaching with, I think, St. Mary's and uh, the USA U-20s for the past, like, seven years. And then uh, Isaac Ross, who the AG signed last year from New Zealand, is also going to be the forwards coach. So, I mean, look, Isaac Ross was... Um... He's one of those guys they brought in last year, not necessarily because he's going to be some, you know, incredible uh, player on the field. Um, He's a, to me that those kind of signings when guys over 35, you know, it's a signing for uh, his um, attitude, his mental in the, in the locker room. Right. And on the field, his knowledge on the field and as well, you know, this league needs coaches. Uh, the U.S. needs coaches. And so it's an opportunity for some of these guys who are in the twilight of their career to come over, uh, play a little bit of rugby, and then maybe find a good coaching uh, job, you know. So I I don't I don't blame them for putting him, you know, there as the Forge coach, the outlaws. And he, totally I could see him as a Forge coach for the AGs in the near future. Yeah, well, I mean, most of the outlaws players – are well not maybe most but a lot of the outlaws players are actual ag players 
So, yeah, I, I think mean, I looking, saw at least six or seven on the roster that were. AP. Yeah, looking here at the just the starters. I mean, it's one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, five starters, and no, no backups. But five starters were actual AG players. So that's it's pretty good. Yeah, and I know that the outlaws are fairly new in comparison to HTX. It's not saying a whole lot in a new league, but um, HTX is very strongly focused on like basically U21 players, mm-hmm. whereas it looks like the AGs are really using um, the Outlaws as a as a second side, right? As a side where guys who aren't going to make the, the 23 are going to play. Yeah, that's what it seems like to me. So they've got their draft picks in there, and they've got a lot of the Huns and Blacks guys playing for them. So, yeah. which is also good for those guys. So that way they can stay at their clubs and also play for the Outlaws. I thought it was nice to see when I was looking at the roster that it seemed fairly even of the Huns and Blacks players that are on the Outlaws, uh, because I know early on it was very strongly Huns. Because yeah, it looks like in the starters it is still very strongly hunted. I think there's only one blacks player in the starters, but um, well, yeah, even in the backups, <laughs> it's a couple blacks in there. But I mean, it's not like they're going to be ignored. Yeah, but, I mean the Huns are probably going to get favoritism just because again that is where the AGs were kind of spawned from. So right. always going to be a little bit of favoritism, I think. So there have been no signings. What are what are what are the AGs doing? Is this is this? I mean, it looks it looks ownership? like they're working. I, man, I have no idea. Because remember, this I've... is the same owner that delayed all the signing uh, news yeah. for the Guiltinis, right? The Guiltinis yeah. went social media silent until like a month before the season, and then it blew up. So uh, maybe maybe th- they're they're doing the same thing with AGs now. Yeah, I'm sure they're working on it. Um, but yeah, I haven't seen anything. I've seen some training stuff. It looks like they're working with some sports, um, science people. Um, but that's really about it. It seems like some of the local players that are still here. They're working out with the team, but that's, that's kind of it for now. All right. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to let Jacob go. I'm going to go last. Cause I feel like I have, uh, Jackals have his... a lot. Santa's present uh, bag full of gifts to give to everybody tonight. So go ahead, Jacob. For the Sabercats, I thought that there was no new signings since last episode. uh, But apparently they only post signings to Instagram. So that's awesome. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I scoured through their Facebook. I scoured through their website. And I was like, okay, I guess uh, Houston's gone silent too. But lo and behold, Instagram is the only one I didn't check. Um, so to go over their new signings, let me pull that up really quick. They have the most recent one is uh, Christian Dyer. Uh, he is the new center coming in from Sacramento, California. Uh, he, he'll he, play on the wing. There's no way they would play him in the center. They've got him listed at, at center. Yeah. I, I, I was with really the centers with that, that they have on that roster, they're going to play him at center? I don't. I mean, I don't think so. He's he's a winger, but they've got him listed at center. The way he played with the uh, national team, um, if he keeps that up, this is a great away. signing. Oh yeah, 
I like the seven signings that they made. I still think that um, uh, Barrett should play in the backs, but you know, who he may prove us totally wrong, and he may be a freaking monster at flanker. But I just yeah. remember him playing at flanker with the national team, and it it wasn't awesome. He's he's a little bit. The undersized. national team also isn't awesome. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah, speaking uh, speaking of Grant. He was like, no, he's absolutely being a flanker. There's like no ifs, ands, or doubts. He's yeah. not putting him back. And, and like, they they signed a few more of those, so he's going to be yeah. pushed for playing time. Yeah, and you know, listening. So so uh, Sabercats have that. What is it called? The Cat Chronicles podcast. That sounds correct. And then they have the Cat's Cradle. I think is the. I don't know if it's the fan group or what it. Cat's what it, Cradle. Cat's Cradle. Yeah, <laughs> so... I sounds like something the, Grant came up with. <laughs> sounds like, well, I, I listened to the episode with uh, where they interviewed Barrett, and they were like, oh, so what are you bringing? And he really only talked about what he expects of other people. He really didn't mention a whole lot of what he brings other than he's a physical ball carrier, and that's about it. So we're not really getting a whole lot from... Uh, from Barrett right now. I don't think anybody has any more expectations of him than to be a physical ball carrier, though. Right. Yeah, he's a he's a good defender. He's a very good off ball defender, right? He's he's a yeah. poacher, Jackler. Um, he's a guy that's gonna uh, challenge in rucks. Um, you know, there are a lot of things that he can, especially with his fitness, that he can get around the field and do get to a lot of rucks that otherwise maybe a flanker might not get to so um yeah there are things in defense that he can do but obviously number one is is clearly his his ball carrying but when you talk about his ball carrying you think of his sevens ball carrying against a much smaller defender um where that's why i think man if you had him in the centers where he's carrying against guys that are not quite as big, it's, you know... Oh, yeah, and you like give him a, a few more steps in matchup. space, too, to get some steam going. I mean, it's yeah. from seven, he's probably not going to have a whole lot of space to get something going, but Danny Barrett from 30 meters out running into a, a scrum half, essentially, I mean, that's that's devastating, but he's going to be running into the other forward pack. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, so they it'd didn't be, it'd definitely be interesting. for nothing, so... And he's getting... he's get, He's not getting younger, to be honest about that and you can tell some of these sevens guys have decided they're not getting younger you saw what happened with the canadian national team i mean like literally like more than they went into free fall until this week hired from sevens right they're done with sevens they're they're gonna play 15s or they're gonna go do something else even guys that are 24 25 years old and a guy that's 30 you know pushing 35 in sevens just didn't it didn't get to happen so an opportunity to play 15s is it's going to be impossible to pass up for these guys for sure. <clears throat> the, next got, the next time we got, uh, I'm going to butcher this name. So <laughs> forgive me. It's a uh, Jaco Bezudenhout. 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 I mean, it was close. Yeah, it was <laughs> Props. <laughs> Listen, man, we both John know that not so. I, I do not speak Afrikaans. <laughs> I uh, I watched the highlights on this guy, though, when I saw the signing. Um, you know, talk about a strong ball carrier. This guy is nasty. Um, this is going to be a good signing for the Sabercats, I think. Are we looking stick at 8 p.m.? I would stick him at 8, and I would just yeah. let him run people over. I really would. 
Yeah, well, yeah, they got him down as flanker, but you know that that you can move them over, no right. no issues. Yeah. So yeah, back row, especially in MLR, is very flexible. You, yeah. you get guys um, that can play all, and you've seen it with the national team. Is like they're just sticking guys in who are players. Yeah, absolutely. Back row, it doesn't matter which spot, you know, throw them in. Uh, we have uh, Zach. Oh, they got it kind of blocked there. Pangelina. Pan- oh, Pangelina. Yeah. So he's yeah, coming he's, back. He's back. He was with the the team when they were the Strikers. Yeah, like so he, he's initial signing. Yeah, he's an OG for the yeah, as well as uh, Nick Boyer. He's coming back too. Boyer's coming back. That's good. So I Nick, I heard complaints. I won't say from who. <laughs> <laughs> about Nick Boyer coming in and playing. Um, they really liked Munn, uh, Junior Munn. Uh, but um, long-term, Nick Boyer is a very good answer at Scrum Half. I think it was just bringing him in late um, and trying to get him into the system. I mean, he's good. Yeah, he's they, they kind of forced him, it looked like. Yeah. So I think, you know, exactly you've, got what the two, you've got two top-level Scrum Halves. Right. Well, he lost one going to Saracens, but if he comes back, you got two of the top U.S. national team scrum halves playing in Texas, which is cool. Yeah. Well, when we got uh, our Saracens boy, he um, he didn't play that good for AGs. So no, it, it is weird to see these guys who you know perform so well at the national level, um, you know Ruben Haas and and Boyer, um struggling at the at the mlr level but i think it's just a matter of time yeah well, i mean them. you throw him in there he hasn't played for a while and you give him four games to make something happen i mean you can't really he doesn't know anybody on the team he doesn't know how exactly. they want to play i mean he's just like okay go make it happen man and he's used to playing at once a, a specific speed at the yeah. national team which is much faster and then or or more methodical, and then you put them in a system where the speed is different, and I, I think it does screw them up. And I've never played scrum half at 15s, so I don't I don't know that, but it, it appears that that is the case. Yeah. But Pangelian's a good. I mean, <sighs> he's him, good for the club. I mean, I don't think him he's and Ned help Hodson them are the two guys who are like, you can just throw them out there in the back somewhere. And they're going to make something happen. They're just playmakers. Um, you know, uh, lower level versions of uh, why am I forgetting his name from Utah? Um, a fullback. The chubby chaser? Yeah. <laughs> um, but just that was guys, the meanest thing I ever heard at like, the Rugby World Cup. <laughs> when it, the England was that a Dallin? The, Did Dallin give him that name? That can't possibly be true. It Who was one of the announcers. That? They they called him the Chubby Chaser. Mikey Teo? Yeah, Mikey yeah. Teo. Yeah. yeah, that's what they called him. We talked about it in one of our yeah. uh, scrubbed up episodes, but it was like, yeah, the Chubby Chaser. like, that's kind of fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, though, he is a massive 15. Yeah, massive. But 15. he's really good. <laughs> he, yeah. is, he is phenomenal, but I was just like, oh, damn, that's the 15? Jesus Christ. But, like, <laughs> but those... Those three guys, and there are plenty of other guys like that, but just they're guys that you can just throw in there and they make things happen. And, mm-hmm. you know, they don't stand out as a guy who's like amazingly skillful at some specific skill or, 
like, would you pick him in your starting 15 for an MLR, you know, uh, all MLR team or something like that? You'd probably second guess yourself on doing so, but you wouldn't hesitate to put him on your bench. Like, they just go out yeah. and make plays. And yeah, he's not like the, the biggest known name. Yeah. Uh, so, like, keeping up with the scrum halves, the next signing was Dylan Smith. Uh, he's coming in from South Africa. Yeah, so it uh, sounds like Houston is bringing in the all-South Africa, not playing Pro 14 team. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yep. Yes, we got our USA 7s and South Africans. So like, what <laughs> That's what it's going um, like. So I, I think I, he's going to be back up to Boyer. I think, that, yeah, there's some interesting battles in there. Um, it's And it's good to see um, not just the 30-plus-year-old South Africans coming over. <laughs> Yeah. Getting a few of the under 30s. So I, I think that MLR is now, it feels like we're making enough of a name of ourselves that a guy that thinks I may not play for the you know South African national team, may not play for the Welsh national team or the English national team or whatever, um, I'll take my shot going to the U.S., play a few years, um, you know, maybe I want to move there. And then become a citizen and or you know do my five years duty now as it is, and try and make the U.S. national team. Uh, Riker Hatting has done that, right? So yep, he well, but that was when the rule was three years. Three years, right? So. Now it's five. But uh, I think the idea still holds, especially for a guy maybe who's you know 22, 23. Um, yeah. it, you know the possibilities there, and so we're seeing some of those guys come over, which is nice. It's a nice change up to the 35 year old who plays a year or two and then retires or heads off to Japan yeah. to make more money or whatever. Yeah, it it does sound like we're a lot of people overseas that are getting to that older age or really wanting to come over to MLR. But it's great just seeing that people are wanting to come to MLR and you know, like how someone John messages last night where there's just more and more people that's wanting to come over here and has their eyes on coming to the MLR. So it's pretty nice to see. It's pretty cool. Well, we were talking about our numbers, our, our listenership, if you will. Uh, and you were saying we have we have quite a crew from Germany listening in. It makes no so sense. shout out to our listeners in Germany. Yeah, for real. They came out of nowhere. Same on our other one, man. Like just Germany just started shooting up to the top. And it's like, who are you? Who's listening? <laughs> I mean, like I, we appreciate you, but. Uh... My guess is it's military based guys. But I mean, maybe it's actual German citizens who just love to listen to rugby about Texas. And... Yeah, they love they just love American <laughs> and Texas rugby. So <laughs> or just rugby in general. Uh, who who fucking Absolutely. knows? Hey, if, if if I got a if I got a call once my children are are of age that I'm not having to worry about uh, that stuff from Germany to come coach rugby in Germany, I'd have to think about it. You better be careful. Their finances are a mess. <laughs> I like German I've been, food. I've been I looking like at German it. Beer. You're not too far from Paris. You're not too far from Amsterdam. You know, pretty pretty good uh, pretty good little place. I mean, uh, come on, Rick. If you, if you got called for any coaching job, which one would you turn down? <laughs> I don't, is, is there a lot of turn downs? Are you, out are you there? talking about paid coaching job? <laughs> any, yeah, any coaching. Oh, I, I'm coaching for free. <laughs> <laughs> it's the paid one. That's that's 
It's still up here, isn't it? <laughs> All right. So, anything else in Houston? Uh, yeah, we have yeah. Uh, two more signings. Um, this next one again, it's a butcher name for me. Uh, Kenny, I'm I'm just gonna go for it. Nasquakeque. That's what it sounds like. It's what I'm looking at. I have no idea how you pronounce that. N-A-S-O-Q-E-Q-E. It's like, been uh, in the MLR for a while the now. The GM? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was on San Diego for the last three years. Center? Uh, back row. Uh, back row. Oh, back row. Okay. I know it is now. Well, so how do you pronounce it? You're looking at the wrong person here. I don't Silent. Think wow. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I, I helped you out on one. That's that's what you're getting, all right? <laughs> the the last signing we have for Houston, that's going to be Willie Britz. He's a number eight slash flanker. He's coming in from Cape Town, South Africa. Um, I mean, I like that guy, pack. I, I, that back row is a good, good signing, about. too. Sounds yeah. devastating. These guys are going to hurt people, I think. I mean, Willie Britz is another really strong ball carrier. This guy is really good with the ball in his hands. Uh, he played for the Cheetahs, the Sun Wolves, and recently the Shining Arcs in Japan. So okay. this guy's got experience. He knows what's going on. He's going to be able to help some of the younger guys. But he's not so old that he's not going to be useless this on the is, field. This is why I see Danny Barrett in the center. <clears throat> yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's not he's a the ton smallest, of room for Danny Barrett there. the smallest person in that scrum. But, but Danny Barrett is probably going to be the, the new age seven. Lots of teams are going yeah. with that smaller, that smaller seven. So well, and it depends on they how they're playing to play. But I mean, obviously, they're not going to be the same Houston team from last year. We know, no. we know that. Um, the signings tell us that. The one thing they talked about was getting bigger in the pack, though, and Danny Barrett would not add to that. But the rest of those signings would. Yeah. Um, I wonder what happens with the front row, though. We haven't heard a whole lot. You know, obviously they've got guys under contract, um, but I think the front row to me was smaller um, last year than quite a few of the other teams that they went up against. Um, and I don't know if that's still a concern to them or they really prided themselves not on the size of the front row, but the skill set, right? Dark arts sort of stuff. And they do have those players. So, I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll see what happens with that. Um, their second rows, you know, um, I feel like both Austin and Houston had a lot of injury issues in the second row. So I don't, I don't know if those, you know, we haven't heard that those are being solved yet. I'm I'm very curious. To me, all three Texas teams need to make some big second row signings. I don't know what Sebastian De Chavez's status is. Is he under contract? Is he? I have, I have he, no idea. He's the biggest. He's the biggest signing, right? Second row signing that um, any of the Texas teams have had so far in the last couple of years. So I, I think to me that's where the biggest news is is still in wait. Yeah. So hopefully there's we'll still a long before. time until the season starts. So we've got time. I, th- I think it's really interesting how all the teams, you know, they talked to um, just to go on to kind of a major league rugby. Let's let's before we get to Dallas, um, let's talk about 
Major League Rugby in general, because we did get big news in Major League Rugby. But before we jump on that, talk about um, the, the things that they had focused on uh, this summer was uh, development, youth development, right? We, we heard lots of news about youth development and the way Austin has now got the outlaws and Houston has HTX and Dallas is going with uh, D1 affiliates, at least for the time being. Um wow. And then um, they didn't increase the international uh, uh, requirement per team. So it's the first year that that hasn't happened, correct? I believe every single year we've had so far, there's been an increase in the number of international slots per team. And that may be because there is technically not a new team entering. Because last year sense. they said it was, I think it was 10 p- per uh, new team. So that was Dallas and LA. And then it was eight per old team. And that was an increase from six or seven from the year before. I can't remember exactly. Uh, but I know it was an increase. And this year there was not news of an increase unless they're doing it behind the scenes and haven't announced it. Um, so I think in in a good way, that's where they should settle because we, to me, there's still the need for developing as we're seeing from the results of the, the national team, there's still a need for developing American players. And if we continue to increase that international slot number, the quality of the game games will go up, but you know, it's a plus minus of, the quality of the games going up versus the level of American national team player development. Yeah. Well, it's like, do you want to have ready to retire old superstars or do you want to have young Americans getting experience and getting better? Yeah. What do you, what do you want to have? And so I think, I think right now, if they just say we're freezing on this, um, that they absolutely have to, unless they just like do some kind of crazy expansion Let's say they add three teams in 2023, which I've heard is not out of the realm of possibility. Hmm. Um, I could see them increasing the international slots because obviously there's just not enough American talent to cover three new teams, right? They might have to increase the international slots, but it would be nice to see them say, no, we're doing a freeze for five years until we get to 20 teams or something, right? Yeah. Um, and give that opportunity for the next five years to get more players developed for 2027, for example, which, of course, talking about MLR, talking about national team rugby, that will be potentially a World Cup in the United States. There's been no announcement yet. We're not Does, expecting it. doesn't seem likely, though. No. I agree. I think that 2031 makes a lot more sense. And I would say 2029 for the women's and 2031 for the men's makes a lot more sense to me in terms of where we are in terms of national team players and development um, and where the sport should be after 10 years of MLR. Right. That makes a lot more sense to me than 2027, but potentially it's still in the cards, right? They've put in a bid. It's live. Dallas is one of the cities that could come up with it. Um, I don't know what the other cities are. Houston, and I would say at least Houston should be up there. Austin probably yeah. is as well. And 
thinking about like what are, what does MLR mean to the national team? Freezing those spots, though, I think is is going to be key to developing those players to get us to that a level where we're not just getting murdered. Uh, how much did we lose to New Zealand by? Ninety. Yeah, <laughs> they scored hey, a a we, bill on us. We felt so good after on our podcast. We talked about they went and played England. And yeah. they mostly kept up to the Marcus Smith team. Everyone's talking about how good Marcus Smith is. We lost by like 14 points or whatever. And I was like, that's pretty good to only lose by 14 to the number three team in the world. And then we got stomped by Ireland. Ireland. And then yeah. Canada. And then we beat Canada. And then we barely squeaked by Uruguay. And then we got stomped by Uruguay. And then the All Blacks. And it's just downhill from here. It, yeah, it's just been just... Stepping stones, man, just downhill from like losing to like no like people we don't even know who they are. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's so we tough. thought we were like we talked about it. We're like, oh, the MLR is really showing up. Like it's really starting to work. <laughs> so we shouldn't have said anything. As soon as we said it, though, we just went straight downhill. No, but now you think about we have three Texas teams, right? So Texas rugby is one quarter. Almost one quarter of MLR, one quarter of um, I wouldn't say one quarter of the development of young players towards the national team, but it's not far off. Right. Maybe it's one fifth, one sixth. But um, it's going to be really important for especially the Texas teams going forward to strongly focus on development. And. I'm. I'm a little bit concerned. Now, let me, before we jump into the Jackals, let's look at the season format because I I wanted to jump into like how they're doing the development. But before we do that, (laughs) so we start in February, right? Which is what the goal was last year, but didn't happen because of COVID. So February 5th, Austin and Dallas, Dallas going down to Austin to play. I'll see. I'll see y'all there, right? Probably. There's a good chance that good. sounds like an awesome opener, right there. It definitely sounds Austin. like an awesome. I would love to see you talking about my number one team in the MLR versus the up and coming uh, no showers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Is that the nickname we're gaining around the league? The no showers. I mean, Just a little bit. To be fair, we've been a no show for five years, right? So. <laughs> No, I think like like we talked about on last episode, there's no way they can pull out now. I mean, the schedule's there. If they do, they did it. They did it last year. They did though. it last year. No, but I, I if they do years in now, a row, though, that's no too much. No way they're coming back. There's, yeah. there's no way MLR no, is gonna be I like, yeah, chance number three. Yeah, okay. this year, it's it's done and dusted. And yeah, maybe there would be a Dallas franchise in the future, but not, not this one, right? Um, I, I've still get to keep my jerseys. Apparently we're, I mean, I was told six months ago, we're rocking the same jerseys. I've been told recently we're rocking the same jerseys. Uh, but if, you know, if anything goes the way it normally goes for me, we'll they'll pull out some new jerseys on opening day and I'll be like, dang it. I got to buy more merchandise. I've already put all my money in. I've got my I was literally pick. about to buy one of those uh, those Austin Herd jerseys they came out with, 
when I got the notification, I saw something like, like on Instagram, they were changing the name and I was like, wait a minute. Well, and they pulled everything from the site and I was like, I, have, I didn't drop 120 bucks on a bunch of Austin Herd stuff. I can't remember. If I have a her. I think it's either a Herd or a Lee jersey. I can't remember which, but anyway. Um, so, okay. We've got, so it's a unbalanced league right now, right? Because we have a seven in the West, six in the East. Um, I, I've heard rumors, um, actually confirm rumor of an Eastern team joining for 2023. Can't mention who it is. I was going to say, are we allowed to talk about this? No, <laughs> we can say that it's happening, but we can't say who it is. Um, but it's happening. So there will be an Eastern team joining, but I've also heard rumors of at least two other teams in talks to join for 2023. The one that is joining in 2023 was actually rumored to start in 2022, but they pulled out. They pulled that out at the last second because they just felt that they weren't quite there. Like everything was lined up, but it was like they haven't gotten to player signings, and and basically the league just said, "Let's hold off a year." So, but it's it'll be exciting, trust me, because there's been a lot of uh, energy behind uh, this certain area of the country where they they'll be coming in. Anyway, unbalanced league, but what they're doing is it's going to be the top three seeds from each conference. They'll have the second and third seeds play a first round playoff. Uh, first team gets a buy, so whoever finishes first gets a buy in each conference. And then they'll play the winner of that game. And then that winner will then play in the championship, which I like. It's simple. Um, It functions going forward. If they add more teams, you don't have to, you know, add more spots. If you really want to, you don't have to try and mix and match the West and the East. Um, It's easy. Um, It also makes for just a three round playoff, right? Which is, I mean, very common and very easy to do as well. Um, and you can get it done in a month, right? Which is a super good goal to have is just playoffs be done in one month. <laughs> um, yeah. I So I, I like what the, the league is doing. Uh, and also the league brought in a new um, marketing guy. Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe they signed a new marketing guy who is going to the goal is to increase the recognition of the league um, amongst um, g- the general consumer, general public, right? And I, I loved what Killebrew's done. He was with the Mavericks for a long time, did a great job with Mark Cuban in getting um, the Mavericks profile raised, right? When you're in a city with the Mavericks and the Rangers, um, it's a little bit difficult because those teams go back a long way. And the Mavericks have not been here as long, nearly as long. And the Mavericks haven't been particularly good. Um, but he's been able to do a great job, I think, with MLR in the last three, four years, three years. I want to say three years. And um, his main goal was creating more money in the league. They've created, they've done that in spades, right? So, 
the owners aren't really particularly making money, but the league is doing really well, right? They're they're getting what I forget what it is over ten million dollars now per new team coming in. That's bananas. That's, That's so good. much money. <laughs> yeah. That's way more than the budget of the league every year, right? So I I love what they're doing there. But it's the profile of the league that is still struggling, right? Because all the rugby people, the people listening to this podcast, uh, mostly, um, are very familiar with rugby. They follow MLR. But the general public has no idea. And, you know, some of the league's owners are like Austin putting up billboards, which is awesome, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's huge. Like, it's just that quick. I've never heard of that. I want to look that up. And I'll look it up later, right? Um, getting advertisements on TV during the Super Bowl. Yeah. Right? Stuff like that. That's that's going to... I know the AGs put one out during the Cow- one of the Cowboys games. Yeah. And so I think, you know, any anything that's going to increase that, if, if they bring in somebody who that's what they do and they can increase that, that's going to be huge for the league. Yeah. Um, getting back to Texas. So I think... You know, Dallas coming in obviously unbalances the league. League will at least be balanced next year, if not increased and balanced, uh, hopefully. Um, I think Dallas is going to struggle. Let's be fair. Um, You got a new team. Um, Even though the ownership group is now well-aged, I think three years now, really, um, on this, and a GM who is... Very good at recognizing young talent. You saw all the players that the Jackals signed go on and play well wherever they went. Um, I think it's just going to be a struggle because, one, the goal with the Jackals clearly is young players developing them and uh, building a a program, if you will, instead of just saying like what the Giltinis did, right, which was just sign the Australian back line from the side. 2012 uh whatever it was <laughs> world cup right or 20 world cup yeah. and just bringing them in and and running rampant on everybody um they're they're not doing that but i will say the one thing that has surprised me so far with the jackals is that they have brought in some significant uh overseas signings international signings so compared to last year i would say they have upped their game in terms of signings um, I would have been nervous about the team they put out there last year, even though those players went on and played well wherever they went. The grouping of that players together playing, um, I would have it, they would have been down there with Houston. It, it would have been struggle bus big time. Um, last month I talked about bringing back Carla Nyson, bringing in Ned Hodson, um, but a lot of the uh, Henry Trender, Chris Pinnell. A lot of the players, though, were really kind of more development players. They're putting stamp on now, right? So Adrian uh, Carroll's bringing him over from Rugby ATL. Uh, that was a trade. Um, he is. You don't a, see that very often. What What do they trade for that? Like? They traded cap space. So it looks like Dallas is not concerned about their cap space. Both trades they've done the last week and a half have been cap space trades. Okay. Um, I don't think they have inter- any international slots that they're wanting to trade at this point, and they're definitely not trading draft picks. To me, uh, there's no way that the Jackals will trade draft picks unless it gets them 
more draft picks. Yeah. Because okay. the way that Elaine um, has wanted to build and is building is with youth, and she wants to get as many American young rugby players as possible to develop into into talent so that they don't have to worry about signing. I mean, you look at what Rugby ATL's done. It's not going to be dissimilar to that. She wants to be able to have a pipeline of young American players that they don't have to worry about signing a bunch of international players to come over and play. So to make trades like trading for Carroll's um, and then trading from Broussardi from New England also for cap space, um, <laughs> which uh, there are three spots right now that the Jackals do not need any more players. And one of them is scrum half. So Broussardi just signed today or in the trade and he will be joining Carlo Denison and Dylan James. Uh, Carlo came from San Diego he had previously signed on with the Jackals last year um, and obviously former Raptor. Uh, and then uh, Dylan James was part of the um, L.A. Giltini's development program. Uh, and Brusati, um, a, I believe, a California kid uh, who ended up uh, signing with uh, New England um, early on in this year um, and will be coming over. So, um Three young scrum halves. So I don't see them signing another scrum half. That would be incredibly surprising unless they're sending one or two of these guys down to, uh, as development players. But neither, I haven't heard that either of them are on development contracts. Uh, they re signed Campbell Johnstone, uh, who's been, I played against him recently, <laughs> been playing with the American Raptors. Uh, we got murdered by them. To be fair, I was playing eight man, <laughs> which I should never play ever. Um, and uh, so he joins, um, I think, a like strangely potent back three with uh, Pennell, um, Adams, Kohlberg, and Gray. Obviously, uh, Kohlberg's on a development contract, but you know, um, both him and um, um, Hooker Matt Frings are in their mid to late 30s. And they're definitely going to fight for positions. Um, it's going to be really challenging for them. They're really locker room guys. They're guys that have been in Dallas for a long time and are going to um, at least give the Dallas feel. They're, I mean, what better way to recruit Quins and Reds fans to come to games than have their players playing on the field yeah. or at least yeah. sitting on the bench? Um, and then uh, Carroll's. Uh, moving to that 10 spot, um, who I did initially had uh, Pinnell at, um, they could really switch those two. I think Carroll yeah, and they Pinnell, could. Pinnell could play 10 and, and Carroll's could play 15. Um, they're both extremely good at both of those positions. Um, but Carroll's was listed as a fly half as the signing. So the, yeah. I put him at fly half. Um Trender, that moves Trender to 12 and Hodson to 13 in my mind at this current state. Um, I'd love to hear what Chad London's doing. haven't heard anything yet, but uh, they're still using his his photos um, in advertisements, so maybe it's not <laughs> out of the question. <laughs> and the other signings have been Todd Gleave and uh, DeWald Coates. 
Kotze. Uh, Kotze, yeah. Both hookers. Uh, I think we got enough hookers. I think we have enough front row players. Like, yeah. We have, so, three hookers. And uh, props Alagonju, Olwain, Tucci, Murray, and then the internationals, Bauer and O'Connor. I think that pretty much covers us. Yeah. Bauer, I think Bauer is a a really good signing, too. So, O'Connor and Bauer, um, to me, those are the big, yes, perfect international signings. Get those props who have played at that high level. Also, still young. And who are going to make? I mean, for props, yeah, yeah. Who are going to make a huge difference in terms of immediate impact on the field in uh, the set pieces, right? Because to me, last year that was the biggest concern with the signings that we had was how are we going to deal with set pieces against? You know, I would say ninety percent of the props in this league are way more experienced. Um, I think this solves that. I, I, am way more comfortable with a set piece now than I was last year. Uh, the biggest concern though, right now is that we only have two second row players and both of them are theoretically guys you could throw in the back row and not think twice about it. Um, I, to me, um, I know she wants to play fast. I know she wants to play fast, but um, <laughs> the second row still got to be big, though. You still got to have engine room guys in there, and um, you know maybe maybe they're going to surprise me. Leonard's is a is a good player, and so is Matarazzo, but um, you know it, it, they're not the second rows that we're seeing everywhere else in MLR. So um, we'll see what they do there. Um, so that covers most of the signings and kind of positionally where we're seeing guys right now um the second biggest piece of news was grand prairie being announced as a d1 affiliate um this is their first year as a d1 team in the history of the club um they've always had a d3 d4 um presence um they've really stepped up by basically um taking over the ulis texans so Ulysses Texans um, was our uh, uh, Tongan uh, team, basically, right? D3 Tongan team um, that had been kind of looking for a new home. Uh, and they found it in Grand Prairie. Um, and they've done a great job down there recruiting um, and getting players in. Um, and lots of Polynesians, obviously, bringing in Tongans, but other Polynesians as well. Um, and it's great to see that there's another D1 team in Dallas. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it goes in their first year. I'm kind of surprised that this um, affiliation has been made already when they haven't even played a D1 match. Um, but good for them. And I hope it works out because that's just another team to help develop players for the Dallas Jackals. Um, and then... so. One of the things I did want to talk about was how the AGs and the Sabercats have uh, created these development teams. Um, They're still using the Huns, the Blacks, West Houston, Hurt to help bring players into those development teams to some degree. Um, HTX, not quite as much as the Outlaws, but still. And, you know, 
why Dallas has decided they're not going to go with the development team, but they're going to d- go with these D1 affiliate teams. I just wanted your guys' thoughts because to me, it's it's one of those things that's like it feels nice right now. Um, having been a member of one of those D1 affiliate teams, uh, but when you look at it from the professional team perspective, it feels like I, it's not something long-term that you feel like can work, but maybe I I'm like wrong. Maybe it's not long-term. Maybe this is just for a season or two until the Jackals get more established, and then they, I mean, they haven't even played their own first game yet. You know, So how are you going to have a development side if you haven't even played your own first game yet? So maybe they're just waiting to have a season or two under their belt, and then they can come out with their own team. Yeah, and it, also, you know, there there are these requirements on uh, the teams to have uh, some sort of youth development, right? Um, it could be HTX, it could be the Outlaws, or it could be youth, could be high school. Um, there's not a specific setting of age or development level for the players, but there needs to be some sort of youth development. And so I haven't seen that yet with the Jackals. I don't know if that's a, well, you don't have to have it in your first year. But by year two or by year three, maybe that's the rule. I think one of the things we're still struggling with is there's not a lot of transparency in this league. No, there's almost none. And so I think, you know, the one thing that I would say that as fans we need to do is keep asking for it. Because it's it's really... You know, even even for it's not as much for the fans, but even for the players who are in college or in high school of how did these things work? What how do I get there? Like, it's not very clear. And so if the league can be more clear about, you know, how these things work and, you know, where do I go to, um, you know, have the best opportunity to play at this level? Um, that can only be better for the United States in terms of developing national talent, right? One would think. I mean, yeah, I mean, I would think so. So, I so I I struggle with that. Um, but I I also think that Dallas saw what happened in Austin and said we're not going to do that. And I mean, they don't want to have four different team names and different ownership changes. And and I think also it's it's the the community outreach struggle that Austin had initially. Right. That the the yeah. team just said, screw you guys. We're going to go do our own thing. And um, we don't care about what y'all have created over the past. You know, what are, what has it been now? 50 years. Everybody's celebrating their 50th anniversary been around for 50 years and these teams come in and just say you know we don't care like y'all aren't important it's like wait a minute where are all your players coming from (laughs) these programs that have existed for 50 years yeah i remember there in uh in austin there were a lot of upset people when they did uh the herd because the herd was like okay we're going to take all the local teams out here and we're going to combine them into our uniforms to show respect to the Huns, the Blacks, and San Antonio, and the Valkyries. And they merged, They made this cool uniform and everything, and they were like, we want to pay respect to all the teams that have been here. Three months later, they come in, and they're like, oh, look, it's basically, you know, not copyrighted UT Orange. <laughs> like, and we're completely different. Like, 
Yeah, I, so. I you know there's still I, I think challenges down there, right? With that. Um I think as the league kind of progresses and the and the team grows, um, probably those will dissipate uh, to some degree. But it's it's still weird to me that they are named after a drink that literally has not been, yeah. as far as I know, has not been made yet. Well, There's no true. Dustin made it, you know it. Well, he made his <laughs> own. That doesn't it. count. He made his own. But <laughs> but they, they, put they out said an ingredient list for this drink. Have they made one at the field? Is there pictures of it? Like I not I don't think any of that exists. No. What I know in some interviews. Do we know what a guillotini is yet? So I don't think kind of shitty knows. martini. <laughs> so. so I don't know. I just I remember some interviews they said that yeah, they're the Gilgronies, but going forward they want to be known as the AGs. So that's why all their marketing is AGs and you know uniforms or ags you're not going to see gilgroni anywhere they're going to be the ags well then why bother naming your team the gilgronis exactly exactly <laughs> and the la giltinis are still going by the giltinis they're not going by the lags are they that'd be horrible the lags <laughs> the lags <laughs> literally they should go back to the herd great name represents texas well, um, i love the herd the you logo is simple effective I like the logo and the colors. I thought that was cool. The name I thought was just kind of. Eh. Well, it was it's better than the AGs and it's better than the Elite. Yeah, absolutely. Let's be fair on that. Uh, yeah, one hundred percent. I think the the Gilgroni is kind of a weird name. I think AG is dope, but again, like we just said, like if you're gonna go by AGs, why bother with Gilgronis? Yeah, because yeah. at that point, AG doesn't even make sense anymore. Well, yeah. and it's confusing too because if you if you're an Aggie, you're going to pronounce it the Ags, right? And yeah. they're Aggies, but it's in the Texas colors. Yep. If if you're Which from that area, I'm sure it's way fans. more confusing than <laughs> us here up in Dallas who really don't care. Yeah. So I like <laughs> I like the Ags. Gilgrown is kind of weird. Uh, herd. I love the herd. Elite. You can only call yourself the elite if you're going to live up to it. So that's <laughs> not, uh, not an elite year. That's not a name you want to go with unless you're pretty sure that you could be an, an elite, right? Um, so think, like, the Strikers was a good name for Houston before. Obviously, there was um, uh, legal issues over it with a local cricket team. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, the Sabercats <laughs> is original. Can't take that away from them. Like, there's literally no other team in the world called the Sabercats. Man, I don't care. No, I, love I, I think it's great. I love yeah. the Sabercats name. I love their logo, their name. Oh, yeah. I like their uniform. Sabercats have got it down. So I'm glad they didn't go with the Strikers because the Sabercats, to me, it works, right? We just got to yeah, get the like player it. level on the uh, the name level. And uh, I like the Jackals, so now we're we're the dog version of the Sabercats, right? It's not really necessarily connected to Texas, but it's a cool animal name that isn't really used um, in any other professional sport anywhere. Um, a cool color scheme, kind of like the Sabercats, is like nobody else is using that color scheme. I will say, the one thing about all the Texas teams is we're not copying anybody else's color scheme. Right. Well, nobody I mean, else in the league is keeping the like. There's Utah and San Diego league, colors are exactly the same. Yeah. Who's Utah and San Diego? Oh yeah, you get the red, exactly red and black. The same. 
Like, there's plenty but of. I mean, like, Seattle, the Seawolves copy the Seahawks, like, to a T. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, those yeah. are <laughs> identical. That but was like, AGs, uh, <laughs> where they're just UT colors. Copy my homework. Just not copyrighted UT colors. Right. Not copyrighted. <laughs> Wait a minute. So it's what is it? Is it slightly more burnt orange or less burnt orange? Or I, I would say it's a slightly less burnt orange. Yeah, it's less. It's a little bit more <laughs> yeah. vibrant. Vibrant. Yeah, more vibrant. They there call you it go. vibrant burnt orange. Yeah. <laughs> so we last thing, last thing I'll orange. say about Dallas before uh, we we end this or uh, go off on another tangent is. Um, if you are in the Dallas area and you're part of a rugby club, check with your rugby club. Um, they're doing discounted tickets. Um, if you're a registered member of your club, um, you maybe need to find out from your club president what the actual deal is, but you will get discounted tickets. So please do that before you go get tickets. Um, of course, I'm season ticket holder, so I don't get any good discount, but um, uh, I assume I, I pretend mine's a donation to the club, hoping that they will continue playing or start playing to begin with. <laughs> but it is going to be a cool stadium. I mean, it's it's a stadium I've spent a lot of time in uh, in the last 25, 30 years. So it, it won't be uncomfortable or new settings for me as as being an old Rangers fan. So. Um, I'm the the biggest problem is the new name got bought out by Choctaw the naming rights so now it's Choctaw Stadium. I refuse to call it Choctaw Stadium. It is the ballpark in Arlington. It will always be the ballpark <laughs> in Arlington. Yeah, your your boy uh, Jeff Akels, man, he is going hard on getting those uh, season tickets hammered out. And uh, whenever he told me Choctaw, I was like, the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> That's a casino up in uh, in Oklahoma somewhere, right? It's off like, of 75? I never heard of Choctaw in Texas. But uh... <laughs> They're trying to sucker as many people to go up and spend their money in Oklahoma <laughs> as possible. But, you know, man, honestly, I think Dallas's VIP, like, season ticket holder deal is – top fucking notch that that i mean you get into the pre-party or the pre-match party uh all drinks and food are free you get in on halftime and the post-match party where you hang out with players on both sides of the team all drinks and again again all drinks i paid good money i better get the good stuff (laughs) you know and well with the exception of liquors like all beer is free let's say all beer is free right um but I think it's beer like, and wine. what, 900 dollars for like a whole year for that that ticket? Like, yeah, that's fucking great. Yeah, that's it's, a, it's, it's a damn it's, good deal. I mean, as long as they fulfill those those pieces, I think it's going to be great. Um, you know, the Jackaldin has their own section at the uh, in the stadium. Um, we're working with the the team is working with us on, you know, uh, doing signs and things. Uh, there'll be stuff. You'll see at our stadium. Uh, I don't know if this year we're working on it, but in the near future that you will never have seen at a rugby match in your life. So uh, there's really cool stuff. Um, they're really excited about trying to make the experience different than what you're going to get at any other rugby stadium. So, um, you know, I think a big thing is going to be getting people in the door to do, to have the experience. Right. And once they do, I think they'll come back. I think the tough part is, is just, you know, 
you're going to get the hardcores. You're going to get me on the front row, seats one and two, first person to get season tickets, right? You're going to get those people. But how do you get, um, you know, John and Mary who have three kids at home who, you know, might want to find something to do on a Saturday night, but they're not sports people. They're, you know, just looking for entertainment, right? Something to keep the kids busy and do something fun. That's that's going to be the key to not only the Jackals, but I think growing the sport overall. Yeah, that's a lot like what the AGs did. They would have concerts at halftime. They'd have concerts before and after, have fireworks after every game. I mean, they, they made sure Crap, that man. every game they had something I kinda, going on. I kind of dig that LA, LA won last year because you had uh, Steve Aoki playing at the championship game at the Coliseum, like that should have been a freaking massive party. They should have just said basically free tickets for everybody, like just handing out tickets at clubs and stuff, you know, on, on the Saturday night before whatever to try and get people to just show up. Right. Cause that should have been like, Hey, a free, free concert, but you got to go to the game. You, but you could have given out free tickets to that game and it would have been well worth it just because of the publicity. Like people have been like, holy crap, this is awesome. They had Steve Aoki playing at this at this game. The game was crazy. Like, I mean, and what were they had, I think they had like three celebrity appearances appearances at some of their games. Um, you know, I think LA, uh, if New York can do the same thing, you know, with their with their team, you know, in a new stadium. These are the kind of things that are going to build publicity is is getting the people who are on the Instagram to, uh, you know, uh, give to their millions of followers like, hey, this is something you should be checking out on a Saturday night. And hopefully, you know, Dallas, um, Austin, Houston, being cities that they are, um, you know, can follow suit. Obviously, Um, Austin did have a celebrity at one of the games. Uh, believe it was Alexis Texas. I mean, it's a certain kind of celebrity. Who's that? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it, the Rock used to go when um, they were the elite. Still, really? Okay. I think the Rock was there in season one or two. There you go. I mean, if you can like get that person, to just keep coming back. Uh, I mean. It's it's a long, hard mountain climb to be on, but you know the top I think for rugby is going to be pretty high up there. We're not talking Everest, but it's you know Pikes Peak. I think it's there. <laughs> yeah, I don't like I said I don't know what everybody else is doing as far as club wise, but I think what Dallas is doing this year with their VIP and their what what's the package before VIP? It's oh uh, uh, founders. Yeah, the founders, um, those two right there are perfect alone just for growing, you know, the publicity wise. And because I've talked to my company company a lot about, hey, just buy a couple of VIP tickets through the company. Your salesman can take guys up here. Y'all can have a good time, yeah. free drinks, free food. They can watch a new sport they've never seen. And I guarantee you it's going to blow their fucking socks off. And, you know, I mean, one one of the advantages of playing in one of these big stadiums is that, you know, you have the comfort and and uh, and capabilities of this stadium from a previous huge professional sport. Right. So they the people who get a box, that's 
getting a real box. You're you're getting you know top notch uh, service and and comforts that you would get at a professional baseball game or a professional football game. You know, this isn't you know getting a box at you know normal rugby game where you know there's five or six folding chairs. It's a, chain, and... it's a chained off section. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. It. You know, so the, it's it's a. I think you know one of the big things is. Uh, for some of these teams is going to be selling some of those those uh, experiences that people are used to companies like you're saying are used to from uh, uh, having season tickets for Rangers or or uh, private outing for the Rangers or the Cowboys or um, uh, San Antonio Spurs or whatever. Right. It's that experience that's that's different than uh, just sitting out in the crowd. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely think that just rugby with Dallas right now would be phenomenal just to get companies in. I mean, I mean, it's a no-brainer. I mean, if I was a salesman, I would have bought, you know, five-season tickets, gone in there. I could take clients there all the time. Don't have to worry about paying nothing and else. How the much rest cheap, of the time we're there. How much cheaper is it than going to, like, a Rangers game now with the new stadium or a Cowboys right. game or a Mavericks game? Uh-huh. I mean, and you're not talking like, you know – taking them golfing like you're going to watch a rugby match you know? yeah and uh and on top of that your front row again all your drinks and food are free you don't have to worry about paying nothing uh, yeah I mean, dallas is doing it good and props to jeff akel because that dude is selling that like <laughs> mother dude you know, uh, I have to shout out to Scott Sanju. I've talked to him uh, for a long time, but uh, the president of the business side of things for the Jackals. And, um, you know, he was with the Rough Riders before this and did a great job with them. And I actually worked under him, I think, unknowingly for a little while as an intern. And um, uh, what he's done business-wise with uh, the Jackals so far that we can see looks really good. Um, I'll, I'll be very excited to see it in action coming up in February. And by the way, if we didn't mention it before, February 5th is opening weekend for MLR, and Dallas will be traveling to Austin to play the AGs or the Gilgronies. To lose to the Do AGs. I get a Gilgrony? I want a Gilgrony. <laughs> Y'all better have a Gilgrony waiting for me when I get there. <laughs> yeah, John. Don't look at me. It's not, it's not up to me. Waiting for when me and, and I want to see a saber cat next time I go to Houston. I don't ever want to see one of those things. <laughs> but that's all. That's all we got in Dallas. It's it's all excitement, but it's 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 not real until it's on the field. I think I want to do season predictions. There's no oh season predictions. Okay, it's a good way to end. I like it. All right. Y'all ready? I, uh, I got to find right, the so schedule first. You got predictions up? You got them up? How many How many games we got this year? What did you say? It was like... Yeah. I'm gonna, I got to run through the schedule real quick. 16 games. 16 games. Okay. With 13 teams. So you're not quite playing everybody twice. I'm guessing it's you play everybody twice in conference, and then you have a few out of conference. 
I might be headed to D.C. in April. We'll see about that. D.C. in April? What you got in April in D.C.? Yeah. April 23rd, Jackal's playing against Old Glory. Ooh. Oh, not this year for NOLA. This year, NOLA comes to us. I'll be excited to go to NOLA, though, next year. Pretty fun. All right. All right, so Almost 16 done. games, right? Yeah. Oh, man. It, All right. Just like football season. Well, an old, old NFL season. All right, I'll, I'll go first with the Gilgronies okay. then. All right, let's hear it again. Uh, I'm going to say they're going to go 11-5 and five this year. You said last year. They're going to catch fire, huh? Isn't that what you said Maybe. last year? Maybe. What do you say? They got close. You were pretty fucking spot on. I was pretty close. All right, eleven. I think, I was, I think I was two games off last year. You know what? Yeah, you're right. But you're you're really close. Uh, what you got for Dallas, Rick? I'm gonna go six and eleven, or no, five and eleven. I mean, I know I've got to, I'm going to be harsh on my own team, but I, I just think first year, new team getting together. They haven't even started training together yet. Most of y'all's teams have been training for a while. Yeah. So, well, I mean, there, there's definitely winnable games. And I think some of the, you know, long travel games, they're going to have a, a shot at uh, upsetting somebody like San Diego. Um, Coming to Dallas, uh, that may be a good shot. Um, but man, I mean, you got Giltinis twice, unless the Giltinis have lost a step somehow or had injury. That's going to be tough. Um, I think you know you go fifty fifty on in state, almost for sure. Um, I think it's going to be tough to go to San Diego and win. I think it's going to be tough to have New York come and and win against New York, even with their travel. Um, so it, there's there, the Western Conference is tough. It's definitely not going to be easy, and Houston found that out the hard way last year. Uh, so I, I yes, you know, did. I, I would I I can't go worse than five and eleven, but obviously, seeing what happened to Houston last year, it's possible. For sure, but I'm gonna go five and eleven with the the Jackals this year. Well, with Houston, I'm gonna go eight all. Eight, eight. eight wins, eight losses. I mean, all right. So we are in agreement then that the Gilgronies are the best team in Texas. Well, I gave my score for Houston. Okay, so I didn't. You're the one that gave <laughs> your score for Austin. And look at him. He's talking crap about the Sabercats, yet he's wearing I'm not the talking Sabre crap Cats. about the Sabercats. I'm just talking up the AGs. Okay. I'm not saying anything bad about the Sabercats. I like the Sabercats. <laughs> the Saber Kittens? Yeah, the Saber Kitties. Hey, now. Hey, now. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I love what Houston's doing, bringing in a, a director of rugby who obviously has a lot of amazing experience, and then a head coach who's also... Amazingly experienced, but 
it, it's really hard to go from 0-16 to a winning record in one year. Yeah. Probably not impossible where MLR is right now, but extremely difficult. It, yeah, I mean, you got all eyes on you, and you're going, like I said, 0-16. Yeah. Uh, They're going to have a target for sure on their back just because of uh, the director of rugby signing, for that matter. Well, I mean, just the signs they're doing in general. I mean, yeah. the Danny Barrett signing was huge. Well, and that's one thing that the sevens can do for the 15s is is guys like Danny Barrett, who have an international name, right, from seven series, can bring more eyes to your team. So, I mean, that's definitely one of the good things of it. But, uh, like, I still struggle with seeing him being a starting flanker on a winning team. I would love to see it, but... Yeah, absolutely. Just, that sounds awesome. But, I mean, yeah. realistically... Is that going to happen? <laughs> I think hence they, the 8-8. Eight eight. Yeah. Quite a winning team. Okay, so Austin, uh, what what do you think the shot is for Austin in, in playoff contention? You think, who? okay, let's really quickly just do a Western Conference. Who do we think is going to be top three? Same as it was. Honestly, probably the same as it was last season. I think unless I think, there's a major injury for LA, they they're the yeah. top they're the top seed. Period. Yeah. Probably over overall. Um, I mean Utah's right there though. Yeah, Utah. Uh, do we think Seattle's making a comeback this year? No. No, I think Seattle was they were they stuck with their team because they were so good the first couple of years, and then they did the same thing the SaberCats did, except the SaberCats weren't winning. But they so just kind of like, kept with their team. They just stuck with their team, and then everyone else kind of passed them by. So you t- it's it. Do you think it, it's it's L.A. Utah, and then it's going to be the battle between Austin and San Diego for that third spot? Probably, most likely. Yeah, and you then, don't think that San Diego would have learned from from last year? They wouldn't have brought more people in or brought more experience. I mean, look, they brought Nanu back. Have you looked at the San <laughs> yeah. Diego? Or and not not Nanu, Nanu coming back is for sure something, but I mean, yeah, they brought he's not, Nanu back. He's not a team. Just about. <laughs> okay, so I'll 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 go with I I do think the AGs are right up there. Um, I, I do think it's going to be either them or San Diego. That yeah, squeaks I, in. I'll, I'll go ahead and say top three is going to be LA, Utah, San Diego. Yeah, I think we all agree on that. And Jacob, yeah. do you agree with it? Yeah, I think we all agree. That you got to put your name on it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, at the end of the season, team. somebody's going to be. <laughs> uh, you, you want me to swap it up so it makes. We it might all different. be yeah. drinking, you know, boot shots. All right, so then I, I'll switch it and say that we'll we're going to boot San Diego out and we'll take the third spot. All right, there you go. Yeah, do you want me to go crazy and be like, Giltini's San or Seattle, and then San Diego? Oh, okay. Do it. Maybe. Okay. Fuck it. Let's do it. (laughs) uh, Yeah, I'll say Guillotini's Seattle and then San Diego. You heard it here. TRM. Mm -hmm. It's official. It's going down in the books. (laughs) Uh, 
there'll be there'll be a penalty. We'll come up with a penalty, and we'll have the penalty for y'all next time. <laughs> Let's see. So, Jacob, any final words? Any any words of wisdom? Words of wisdom. Um, you put me on the spot. I can't. You're asking the wrong people. John, that. words of wisdom. Uh, don't smoke crack. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty wise. You heard it here from Texas Rugby Monthly. <laughs> don't smoke crack. Drugs are bad, okay? <laughs> that's that's perfect to end it on. Just cut it right there. Done. It's cut. Done. All right, guys. <laughs> I got to eat dinner. <laughs> All right, man. Sounds good. We'll talk to you later. See ya. See ya. All right, guys. So Rick bounced out because uh, he has to get something to eat. But uh, if you have anything that we missed, you want to send something in, uh, or you just want to be on the show, uh, you can hit us up at TexasRugbyMonthly at gmail.com. Hit us up on social media. We have Facebook. Don't think we have Instagram. We do not. We do not. Uh, but, yeah, you can hit us up. Um, we'll talk to you guys in a month. Happy Thanksgiving. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you then. <laughs>